Greetings, and welcome to a special episode of ZachCast. Chad Janicek here, and for today's episode on Thanksgiving week, we wanted to change the pace a little bit. So Patrick and I sat down with my brother, Cody. He's actually was visiting from the Czech Republic, where he and his family live, and we talked to him about how Europe is handling the most recent COVID outbreak, what it's like to live in Europe as an American uh, things that he will miss when he moves back to America. He's also an Aggie, so naturally he and Patrick are going to get some good-natured ribbing in at my expense. Uh, but anyway, it is Thanksgiving week. We hope that you are being safe and enjoying uh, some time with your family and enjoying some good food and hopefully some good football. And uh, enjoy the episode as well. Thanks. What's up, my brother? <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow. I can't believe I can't believe you actually did it. I actually just watched uh, another episode where he. So that's a that's a thing that Michael Scott says, apparently at least twice throughout the the, uh, the office. I thought he just said it on that phone call with Ryan, but he also says it to Hunter when he's applying for the job at corporate. So, anyway, uh, that's a very Cody, interesting piece of trivia. Thank you. Yeah, welcome to the podcast. Hey guys, thank you so much for uh, for having me. You bet. So this is obviously a podcast that focuses a lot on local government issues, and we figured that um, a minister that lives in Prague would definitely be like the right perfect guest to have. So yeah, I'm 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 excited to share my expertise about the impact of coronavirus on European cities. Well, we figured that that would at least be something that might be of interest. So let's just start there. Um, obviously, it appears that Europe is getting pretty bad from a COVID standpoint. So you've been living there for like seven years, obviously, um, you know, not all over Europe, but what's it like in Prague right now over the past couple of months, maybe? Well, the situation in the Czech Republic has um, for several weeks been the worst in Europe, um, uh, probably the last six weeks. Um, and so the Czech government had a, had a fairly robust lockdown in the spring and uh, seems to have been pretty successful because we didn't see anything like we've seen over the last two months. Um, so we've been locked down for about six weeks. Um, uh, schools have been closed. Uh, travel has been restricted basically to work and the grocery store. Um, and and that, that seems to be paying off. In fact, uh, Katie, my wife, um, said that they have started to open schools uh, again. So the numbers have, have really uh, started to go down. Hospitals are, are starting to see um, beds open up. And, and it looks like, looks like at least in the Czech Republic, um, the situation is, is coming under control. So do people follow the guidelines that the government lays out in Europe? Because like in Texas, we have a mass mandate from the governor, right? But mm -hmm. um, if you go anywhere- Don't go to Bucky's. <laughs> Don't go to yeah, Bucky's, I just, right? I, I, I did. I just got out of a Bucky's about thirty minutes ago, and um, there were not a, not as much compliance there as as there would be, yeah, in in check. Um, yeah, it's less of a it's less of a thing. Obviously, you know, um, there's some some lockdown fatigue um, setting in, and we've we've had some demonstrations um, in the city center at Prague, some riots, um, but on the whole, you know, at least the Czech people have sort of taken this in stride and, and just sort of see it as, um, uh, our people are, that's right. <laughs> we need to work on the pronunciation of, uh, Janacek, by Janacek. the way, Chad. Um, is it Janacek or Janacek? It, it's Janacek. Janacek. And every time Janacek. I listen to your podcast, 
I'm reminded that we have to we have to work on this. I'm just a Texas boy. <laughs> At least That's I don't Texas. take Jay in a sack. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So in Europe in general, though, um, you know, obviously they've gone through. W- would this be like the third wave that they've just finished, or are they just on their second? Well, it's it depends on which country you're talking about. Spain is probably on their third wave. France is on their third wave in Italy, but Germany um, Germany has has been pretty successful at at keeping things under control, and I think for the Czech Republic and probably for Slovakia, uh, this is really really the first wave. Um, the the cases just kind of trickled trickled in um, in March and April, and then things really just kind of opened up and we're back to normal um, for the summer. And so w- what happened there was everybody came back from their summer travels and, you know, within about four weeks of people going back to normal life, um, we really started to see the numbers um, rise. So, yeah, it, it's been a really uh, a country by country kind of thing with um, Italy, Spain and France um, having the worst. And the UK has been pretty bad, too, but they're not continental. So um, not really not really too concerned um, there. But um, but yeah, it's it's been it's been bad, especially in those places, and um, you know I think we're seeing the some of the fruit of the the success of the springtime lockdowns in the Czech Republic. Um, so I think people got complacent and just started to sort of pretend um, that they didn't need to act or you know behave any differently um, anymore. So, so do people actually fight the government and the government mandates that in in Prague, or is it just kind of like, oh yeah, we understand? Um, yeah, I mean, I think most people just sort of understand it's not, I mean, there are, there are, it's, it's much less of a contentious issue wearing masks, staying home, you know, there, there have been obviously, um, isolated incidents of, um, uh, breaking curfew restaurants, not abiding by the rules, but they've cracked down fairly, fairly hard on those, on those, um, establishments. And, you know, I think especially when you look at the Czech history, uh, you know, the last 600 years of uh, basically being defined by um, uh, uh, foreign invasion, this is just sort of like one more iteration of that same old story. And so I think Czechs especially have taken this in stride um, and, and seen this as, you know, honestly, wearing a mask and, and distancing as, as the bare minimum. Um, at this point, again, th- this is all um, uh, in response to this most recent wave. I, I do think people be- got complacent um, uh, there for a little bit right at the in- at the end of the summer. Um, but there hasn't. Yeah, it's just not as, as contentious an issue over there as it seems to be here in the U.S. Are people do people space out like at the grocery store? The one thing that I remember uh, yeah. distinctly from the times that I visited Prague is that when you're waiting in line to to buy something, people will get right up next to you, like almost touching yeah. you. Yeah. So by by European standards, yes, there's there's distancing, uh, but it it, I, it would it's basically like a normal day in America. It's one of the things I miss about living in America is um, the personal space uh, that we give each other in public. Um, so yeah, there's definitely been some adjustment there, but. Um, you know, I mean, the stores there look like they do here. You know, they've got the plexiglass up and the dots on the floor, and um, and, and even now they're starting to uh, limit the number of people who can who can be in a store um, at a time, given uh, depending on how how big the store is. Um, so, 
you know, they've they've taken some steps there to to limit um, people's exposure to one another. Well, we don't have to spend too much time on COVID. I just thought maybe a an on the ground perspective from uh, from Europe might be interesting for some people to hear. Um, you know, we can get news, and I have found like fifteen different articles today just about Europe and how things are kind of raging over there. But you know, just kind of hearing from an actual person as opposed to a, a reporter mm-hmm. I thought that might be interesting. So I'm going to seed the uh, the floor at this point because I know. I know that Patrick has a lot to talk to you. Y'all are fellow Aggies, <laughs> and I just I'm just waiting the barrage of hate that's about to come my way. So, Patrick, so, why don't you go ahead? So, I have two main questions. I, I really only have two questions. One, I want to know, and I think our listeners want to know, what was it like to grow up with such a nerd? <laughs> I thought you were going to ask me, "Is Texas back?" Um, <laughs> sorry, I not just back. We're going They're a totally back. Different yeah, we're back. Oh man, you know it was very difficult, uh, Chad. As you can imagine, um, as an old my older brother was uh, very nitpicky. I mean, he's still it's still a point of pride for Chad that he's better at building Legos than me. And I, you know, like a couple of years ago, my son got to the age where he's ready for Legos, and uh, we were back in America for Christmas, and we had gotten him some stuff. And I told my son Milo, I said, oh, you know, uh, Uncle Chad always used to give me such a hard time about how I build Legos. And then Chad and Jess and his family came, you know, came over for opening presents and we had the Legos out on the floor. And Chad Chad looks over at Milo and he goes, yeah, your dad's not very good at building Legos. I mean, it was like, (laughs) you know, just instinctive. So uh, you have to overlap the the bricks. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's like the main thing that you never learned. Is you have to overlap the bricks for the structural integrity. So, so we're getting a you can't a real build time walls with just lines. No, yeah. but there's a whole world of Legos that I never knew existed when we were growing up. Like, there's a a technique called snot. I think it's called snot. It stands for stubs. Yeah, stubs not on top. So basically, it's just this way of rearranging the Legos, and they have all these kinds of crazy snot pieces where you don't like none of the stubs are visible. It's it can get it can get really nerdy. Did y'all did y'all happen to watch the Lego Masters, the Master Builder <laughs> time out, competition time out, show? Time out. No, no, <laughs> nobody watched that except for Chad. It okay? was so cool, ladies and this gentlemen. What it was like. This is what it was like, ladies and gentlemen. Right that here. that was the nerdiest statement you've ever heard Chad say on our podcast, right there. So, what was it? Stubs? Is that what you said? Stubs? Stubs not on top. It's called snot. Snot. snot method of Lego building. Wow. Yeah. Uh, no, no, Chad, we've never gone into that. I mean, I but, don't fault you for not having heard it because I didn't know about it until a couple of years ago. But while we're on your support for Crazy Antics, um, do you still support Tom Herman as your head coach at Texas? This is the question everybody's wanting to know. Yes. I am 100% ready for Urban Meyer. But which, is, you, which is obviously the rumor that has been circulated among Texas fans. It's cute. The question is, uh, how feasible is that? And my problem, just like my problem three years ago, four years ago now, is Charlie Strong is struggling, but if we fire him, who are you going to get? Hugh Freeze. Now, I don't fault them for getting Tom Herman because he was on the top of everyone's list. Like he, There was so much support for getting him from Houston that you couldn't really not do it. And even if he failed, everyone was going to remember that everybody wanted him. 
The problem is, man, I don't know who you who you get if it's not someone that's proven. The last two coaches that we've had, Herman was at Houston. Uh, Charlie Strong was at Louisville. Charlie Strong had a, an NFL caliber quarterback um, that seemed to help quite a bit, uh, you know, the functioning of his team. And when he came to Texas, we just didn't have that. So if you're going to go through another coaching change, that was to be the fourth one in like seven years. I mean, you, you have to get someone who already is proven. So my answer is yes, I'm, I'm willing and ready to get off the Herman train, but it has to be someone who's already made it, not someone who's an up and comer. You know, Chad, I hear Art Bryles is, uh, he might be available for you guys. I'm sure he's available. I think he's some kind of OC out in East Texas. He's a head yeah. coach in East Texas. Is he a head coach? Yeah. He is a, it was all over the news when he got the job. Like he got his first head coaching job after the Baylor fiasco. But you should have known about Tom Herman as soon as you saw him swing a sledgehammer. Which, folks, in the show notes, Chad is going to go get that video he and place not. that video in our show notes so that everybody can see that. Just for the record, I have total editing power over this podcast. <laughs> that so this is entire true. section can get cut out if it needs to. I only get the little black book of all the passwords and codes when Chad goes on vacation and he's afraid he may die. So that's, <laughs> that's usually the true. only time I get that information. <laughs> Chad is my father. <laughs> Correct. So yeah, some, some things are inherited. <laughs> nice. Well, Chad, do you, will you admit that right now, Texas A&M University football is better than that school in Austin? I, oh, come on. I recall like maybe four episodes ago, y'all were about to face Bama and Mike Leach had just destroyed LSU. And I gave you a hard time. Um, mm -hmm. Y'all have y'all have performed better than I expected. Didn't think you were going to beat Florida. Um, you know uh, what can I say? That maybe is what it is. I, I I don't think that you've actually <laughs> answered the question. Yeah. If if Texas were to play A and M, I one hundred percent think that we would beat you. <laughs> but, <laughs> that was my Santa Claus laugh. Just objectively, y'all are having a better season than we are. We are so inconsistent and just mediocre. Well, you hired well, Kevin someone 2.0. Well, that's true. Yeah. I mean, we knew it, doesn't, it wasn't going to work when Kevin someone didn't work. It wasn't going to work when Tom Herman went to Texas. I mean, you've had more, have you had more college presidents than you've had football coaches in the last seven or eight years? Let's see, Powers. Nobody can get along with anybody. Is, no, this is our third. This is our third. Well, it doesn't help when you have an Aggie governor who's trying to destroy the Board of Regents. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> hey, hold on, Chad. Uh, let me go find your tinfoil hat real quick. Correct. And, and let I understand. Me also, let me hold also on, hold on, hold on. The current on, governor for like the last six years, right? Is it six or seven years? How long have we been at this? He, He's a he is not an Aggie. It's about to be McConaughey. And then I'll tell you what. If the minister all of right, culture right, becomes right. governor, <laughs> UT football is going to be unstoppable. This, I, is, this is my how the... Mighty have fallen. Am I right? There are only a handful of active head coaches who have won a national championship. Um, Urban Meyer is not one of them because he's not coaching. Jimbo Fisher, Nick Saban, Dabo Swinney, and uh, who was that other one? Patrick, I can't remember. I think yeah. it was somebody who'd been fired by the University of Texas for going eight and four and not right. losing to Kansas. Mac Brown, I think, is. That was. Yeah, and he's coaching. Yeah. He's actually coaching halfway decently now with a team that can't even recruit in the top twenty-five. 
I think Mac needed a break, though. So Colt McCoy going down in the Bama championship game really broke Mac Brown. Uh, he decided that we needed to have a pro-style Alabama offense from back in the early 20, you know, 2010. And we didn't have the personnel for it. We went through two or three years of just being awful. And I think that it was time to part ways with Mac Brown, as sad as that was. And I'm glad that he's doing, doing well now. It's acceptable. But I got to say this. Could've all of this state, animosity, man. all of this, this little brotherism, what it stems from <laughs> is the fact that A&M existed before UT. And despite that fact, the state legislature decided that they needed to have a university, quote, of the highest order. And there as a result, go. they created the University of Texas. And since that time, it's just been like, well, what about us? Yeah, we were that's here. Right. We I were think, here um, first. Yeah, I think I think uh, when um, one of the most well-respected sports commentators in television calls your university a Don't cesspool. Don't call Herbie. Oh my god, a cesspool. We <laughs> can we can we can we can just go ahead and stop using the University of the Highest Order language straight away. Cesspool. <laughs> I can't believe you're bringing that up. It was so obvious <laughs> that Charlie Strong was feeding uh, Kirk Herbstreet information. Oh man, Chad, that was one hundred percent. Yeah, seriously. Well again. <laughs> the conspiracies of the terribleness of Texas okay. all come out with Chad. <laughs> well, here's the truth, though. There's got to be some explanation for why Texas football has been so bad yeah. for so long. Well, I mean, at least we've won a championship since Hitler invaded Europe, <laughs> <Like> ravaged <laughs> Europe, right? There. It when, is. when did the Czech Republic get annexed? Was that was that thirty nine or thirty seven? It was 39. 39. Okay. That was a really long time ago, wasn't it? It wasn't that long ago. You'd be surprised. <laughs> so can we change the subject just a little bit? I want to I ask a question. Yeah. How is it that y'all grew up in the Austin area, right? Leander, technically. Oh, I'll answer this question before you even ask it. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. With four letters. How is it that y'all grow up in the Austin area and your other two brothers choose A&M, Chad? But you mm -hmm. chose Texas for just a couple of years, uh, by the way, for the listeners, because this is like me riding the bench at Katie. Chad did not finish at Texas. He actually finished at UNT. That's true. Yeah. Uh, I will answer your question with four letters. G-I-R-L. <laughs> you can deny it if you want. No, it's but true. Cody chased the girl. And they, never, they never even dated. He found someone else, and she's wonderful, and, and we love Katie. Uh, but he did chase a girl to A&M. And then my youngest brother... My youngest brother went there because they had a degree that fit what he wanted to do. So, which is working grass, right? That's what he does. Well, and the, and I mean, also, I think that it's it's undeniable that there is a certain mindset that is more likely to get wrapped up in that cult like mentality than others. Oh boy! It just so happens that my other two brothers fall into that category. <laughs> nice. You know, uh, it's it's typical of those like involved in a cult to deny reality and to look for explanations um, that don't meet Occam's razors. Uh, you know, to to explain why things are the way that they are. Does he have multiple razors? <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Chad, Chad, I don't I, I don't know that you have demonstrated a firm grasp on reality. Uh, day so if anybody in this uh, is in this on this podcast is demonstrating groupthink and uh, cult-like characteristics i think it's you so anyway 
practice. Well, in the immortal words of Creed Bratton, you have a lot more fun as a follower, but you make a lot more money as a leader in a cult. <laughs> wow, the office references. How about them? Bringing it back to the beginning. Good job. Yes, right right back to the beginning. Uh, just just to be clear, though, most Aggies do not disagree that A&M is a bit of a cult. No, that's right? true. I mean, you're not... We all admit that there's a culture that's there, right? And that culture is what drives us to be better than that other school that's found in Austin, Texas. Just is what it is. They well, call us like boss more opinion, often than man. we call them boss. Just pointing that out. How many unqualified people did you interview in Hudson Oaks just because they had an Aggie ring? <laughs> a few, because the rule that you have at A&M, the culture of A&M is... If somebody applies for a position and A&M uh -huh. happens to be on their resume, you interview them to provide them the opportunity at the job, but also to provide them the opportunity of the experience of an interview, because we believe and in can shaking I, can hands. I, can I ask you a question? Great in an interview. How do Chad, you feel that the taxpayers of Hudson, hold on, how did you feel that the taxpayers of Hudson Oaks appreciated you wasting an hour of your day that they're paying for to interview someone so that your fellow Aggies can get some good experience. Well, I don't think most of them care. Chad, how many interviews has your Texas ring gotten you? Well, I don't have one. Thank you. <laughs> oh, oh just, just checking. The city council in Hudson Oaks was far outweighed by Aggies that sat on the city council uh, than any other university that was there. So yeah, I, I, know. I had a majority vote. Five taxpayers out of 2,600. That's it, true. First off, you said taxpayers. Let's be clear, yeah. they don't pay a tax. They pay taxes. Right? They're the lucky 2200. You can't they don't pay a property tax. They occasionally pay sales tax when they go shopping. But No, they pay on. a sales tax every time they go shopping. That, that's true. Well, occasionally. At a grocery someone store, has to fund, someone had to pay your salary. Well, oh, thanks, Chad. There you go. He gets really <laughs> nitpicky when you get him on the ropes. <laughs> I'm just looking out for the taxpayer is all. That's all. That's and and to be clear, priority. I... I did hire one of those employees who turned out to be really, really good, uh, who was an Aggie interview. She's, I'm she's, worried there's going to be so much of this last like 10 minutes that's going to have to be cut out. <laughs> I feel like all of, all of this needs to be cut <laughs> and maybe like thrown in a, in a barrel and burnt. <laughs> we had a podcast on that uh, once that since we're cutting anyways, we have a podcast on uh, police brutality that never made it to the air. I will be on that podcast. I'm happy to be on that one. Well, Chad and I okay, tend to stand on different sides of that equation. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's bring this back around then. So, Cody, final question. What's your favorite type of YouTube video to watch? <laughs> oh, man. You know, I'm not a big YouTuber, but I, I did fall down a, a, a YouTube hole a couple of months ago. Um, they're called First Amendment Audits. And if, uh, <laughs> if you're, uh, if you're uh, it really should that be, kind of Well, thing. I guess First Amendment because they're videotaping, right? Yeah. So it's basically, and it's not the sovereign citizen thing, you know, it's just like, uh, normal people will go, you know, stand on a public sidewalk outside of a government building and just, you know, pull out their cell phone and start recording and just wait to see what happens. And it is absolutely incredible, um, how predictable the response of, of, uh, public employees is to people recording with their cell phones. We talked about this a little bit uh, a couple of days ago, but what is, what is the culture of things like free speech and uh, like unreasonables? You know, the things that are basically not granted, but protected by our Bill of Rights. What is the culture like in Europe? 
So obviously it's different, but mm. is there as much respect for it? Is there more tolerance towards limiting things like free speech? Well, I think you have to you have to remember that when we talk about Europe, we can't talk as though it is a, a I know, single it's not one, thing. It's not a monolith. You know, so if you're talking about Germany, it's a much different free speech culture than your than it is in in the Czech Republic. For very, for very specific reasons. Yeah, yeah. There's cer certain topics which uh, are not to be mentioned. Um, you know, is verboten in, in a German Germany. word? Verboten is German. Yeah, many things go. are verboten That's to apropos. speak of. Uh, in the Czech Republic, I would say there's a fairly robust um, free speech culture. Um, you know, obviously with their history uh, and their recent history, um, there's a, a, a fairly big emphasis on um, liberty and freedom. And, and so there's much, much more of a, I would say, of all of the European countries in Central and Western Europe, Czech Republic might be the most sympathetic to kind of the American disposition. Um, so m much more prone to look looking to America uh, as a model for civil liberties than, say, the UK or Germany. Um, but you interesting because not only is it Slavic, it was also under the under the Eastern Bloc. Yeah, and so you know th they have experienced life in a in a place you know where. Um, you, you had to walk on eggshells and you, and you weren't sure who, who could be trusted. You know, at, at one point, a third of the country was, was informing to the secret police. And so they've lived in a, in a world where you can't speak your mind, where you can't um, say what you think. And I think for the most part, they, they don't even want to flirt with going back to that kind of world. Um, and so there's much more emphasis on, yeah, personal individual liberty and freedom of speech, freedom of conscience um, than, than you might find in Western Germany or France. You've been in Europe for like six years now. What is the thing that you're going to miss most when you come back to America? Mm, yeah, I think um, honestly, just the pace of life and kind of the cafe culture. You know, it's hard to distinguish between what I like about European culture or Czech culture and what I like about life in a big city. Um, you know, there are a lot of uh, conveniences that come with living in a capital city that I will I will really miss. And uh, so, I think the the pub culture, the the slower pace of life. Um, you know, the fact that waiters aren't, don't have your bill on the table before you finished your meal um, is a nice thing. And I'll, and I'll miss that. And just kind of, a, it's a little more leisurely. And, um, and, and I think that's um, better for my blood pressure than the more high-paced Chili's culture uh, here in America. You Except when you have that. three kids under five. <laughs> then well, you put that true. check that's immediately. True. That's true. That's true. Uh, you you consider that to be leisurely. My experience in Europe, Patrick hates Italy. He will never go back. I'll never go back to Italy. <laughs> it's like the laziest culture that I've ever been around. You've Italy. never been to Spain, yeah. You've never been to Spain, obviously. So Spain is. I've never been to Spain. Much, yeah. yeah. The trains are not on time in Spain ever. Okay, um, but like in it Italy, it took me maybe... three hours to get a rental car in Spain. It was wow. it was a nightmare. So, yeah. so like in Italy, you, you wake up, like if you're an American, like everything about Italy is so foreign time-wise, right? You wake up, you would like want an American breakfast at eight o'clock, right? 7.30, mm -hmm. 8.30 mm -hmm. or so. 
they're not doing anything until about nine thirty, ten o'clock, right? Mm-hmm. Then you'd want to go to lunch. Well, they take a break at lunch. Like they just they just go away. And then, you know, they like two o'clock they come back to work, right? They work till like six and then they eat dinner at like nine PM. And as Americans, it's like nine PM. That's that's time for Fox Four News and in bed, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm ready to go. <laughs> so I, I just showed how boring I am as a human being on a yeah, work night. That's right. <laughs> uh, but man, like other than a slice of pizza at, you know, some type of like pizza cafe on a corner, like everything is closed at every point in time that Americans would normally go out to eat. I felt like, mm-hmm. well, you know so, what they say yeah. when in Rome, do as the Romans do. Yeah, there you go. Great. <laughs> yeah. I made that joke a lot when my wife and I were in Rome and she did not think it was funny. <laughs> funny. I did the same thing. <laughs> uh, so, so when do you officially move to the States, man? Like when's, when's the official move? Uh, it looks like, like sometime in the fall, um, is, you know, uh, so we, we've just adopted a child. Um, he's well, not just, he's been with us for almost two years. And so a lot of our timeline is determined by how quickly his visa gets processed. And, and so, but, but we're confident we we feel fairly, um, confident that w- we can, we can make the move back to the beautiful United States um, sometime in the fall of 2021. So when is the adoption going to be finalized? Well, the adoption is done. And okay. so there's just a, there's a bunch of rules about how long he has to be in our custody before he can qualify for citizenship and a visa. And, you know, it's, it's, it's quite a complicated process. All right. Well, hey, man, thank you for coming on, Cody. Uh, glad that you're here and safe for, you know, was like 10 days that's right yeah a couple more days here but yeah it's good to good to be on the podcast long time listener first time guest as and, patrick uh, calls it the pod the pod yeah, on this this, ep ep of the this pod. is the, the cody app of the pod the cody app pod anyway appreciate it and uh we will not see you later that's right that's right thanks guys <laughs> oh, it's good to see you man It's like uh, it's like traffic. If you just keep increasing the capacity, and just more cars keep coming. So if we just keep building more add-ons to the house, I'll just keep filling it up. Yeah, but that's not really how this thing is. It's not like if you build it, they were come. It's like you that's keep having babies, so you so you <laughs> so you have to build it. <laughs> you left yourself. I mean, that was coming a model. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah.